Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to a very special, special edition of This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan, a.k.a. Agent M. We've got two things for you today. One is a little bit later, we're going to have an interview with the band Bayside. I had Anthony Ranieri and Jack O'Shea from the band here at Marvel to talk about music and touring and, and movies and all that good stuff, comics and their fandom and, and everything. So we wanted to give that episode to you. But as we were preparing that chat, we got breaking news. That's my new breaking news music. Breaking news that Marvel and Stitcher are launching the second season of our awesome scripted podcast, and it is called Marvel's Wolverine The Lost Trail. This is super cool. All right, a couple details for you. This is coming in 2019. That's part A. Number two, we're going to have uh, the return of Richard Armitage as Wolverine. Letter C, we're going to have 10 episodes of this series in 2019. Uh, I don't know more numbers or letters to go through, but there's lots of fun details about this. And it actually takes the old canuckle head down deep into the bayou of New Orleans. This is super cool, though. Who do you think you might run into down in New Orleans? Yes, Remy LeBeau. Is in this. He is played by Bill Heck. We're going to have a character named Bonnie Roach, played by Blair Brown. And we have Bill Irwin, super cool. Bill Irwin, really great actor. You've seen him on Legion. He will be playing Jason Wingard. For comic book fans, Jason Wingard is mastermind. He was a big part of the Dark Phoenix saga and many, many stories with Marvel. I'm really excited to see how he plays into this. We have some information on Marvel.com about more of the story, but it's going to be really cool. So again, 10 episode, second season entitled Marvel's Wolverine, The Lost Trail, will be available exclusively on Stitcher Premium starting in winter 2019, uh, and then it will be released widely across all podcast platforms, similar to how you guys have been checking out Marvel's Wolverine, The Long Night, which is wrapping up. Get excited, check out Marvel's Wolverine, The Long Night, and then get ready, because Marvel's Wolverine, The Lost Trail is coming soon, and it is going to be great. All right, with that in mind, let's now go to our interview with Bayside. How y'all doing? Doing Real excellent. Good. Yeah. How are you? Real good. Acoustic, volume two, new mm-hmm. album out now from Hopeless Records. Very exciting. Yes, we're very excited. Acoustic one came out like 13 or 14 years ago. So it was due. We were due. It's been a little while. It's it been has a little been, while. yeah. 2005. Um, I was listening to it, and when I first heard Duality, I was like, Whoa, because for me, it was it's a song that's so familiar, but it feels different. It feels reimagined. And, you know, like mm-hmm. going through the record, uh, especially Devotion and Desire at the end, like hearing it, but it's like hearing it new, yeah. uh, which I thought was really cool. It was, it was a fun way. Were there any songs that you all had to cut from the album that you really wanted? What was the process of picking, what is it, like 10 songs on the record? Is it 10 or 11? I think it's like 10. It was 11 and then it became up. 10. So we um, we recorded Mona Lisa, and we weren't super happy with how it came out, so we didn't include it on the record. But there was a lot of things that we tried to work on for the record, and we just weren't happy with how it was sounding acoustic. One thing that we were saying when we were going into making the record was, we're not just going to take our songs and play them on acoustic guitars, because that's cheap and the world doesn't need that. You know, like, if we're going to do it, we're going to reimagine the songs, we're going to make them their own, we're going to make them new creations, and... They should sound like they were written however we're playing them now. So there were songs like Montauk and 
that just did, they didn't translate, you know, so we didn't use them. Hmm. Now, you're at Marvel. I had heard that you're, you've become a, a quite a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we'll get into that a little bit. But one of the things we always talk about on this show on This Week in Marvel is what is your Marvel origin story? How did you first learn about Marvel characters and stories? I guess when I was uh, when I was younger, I had a I did a little stint of comic collection with some friends. From that, I ended up kind of discovering Hulk and Spider Man. At that point, I still have a pile of like really old Spider Man comic books at home that I'm going to give to my daughter and hope that she doesn't tear into confetti at some point. I'll wait until she's responsible enough to give her something like that, where I'm going to be like, "Hey, these are for you, but not really for reading, not really for anything." <laughs> You're just going to put them in a bin and then maybe someday you'll give them to your kids. The way I always look at it is to me, comics are meant for reading. And so I get all our comics every week and I fold them up, you know, I, right. I use them, I read them. And I think, sure, it's great to have them as like, oh, these these monolithic things. And I do have some of those, but they're meant to be read, especially the smell of a, a, an old yeah. comic mm. is the best. Thing. That's fair. I feel that way about like guitars. All the guitars I have, I take on tour, I beat them up. I don't have anything that stays at home in a closet if i buy a guitar or even if it's a nice guitar it comes on tour i play it you yeah. know and they get beat up and oh, yeah, i feel the same way they're meant to be played for sure i was at uh we were at a museum mopop in in seattle and they had an exhibit for nirvana and it was just so many broken guitars and they were from like <laughs> 89 90 and i was like they they had no money i don't understand how they were going through it but i like that like they're not precious about yeah. these guitars, and now they're on display in a museum. And now which somebody I find else is really funny. <laughs> yeah, somebody else took the liberty of of being precious about them. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I talk to actors or to wrestlers, and I, mm. I I ask them like, what is it like to see yourself as an action figure? Because now, especially technology is like they'll scan their faces, and then it is their face and their body, but it's this right. tall. And for you guys, I'm sure there's is there a similar feeling when you meet, say, fans who have Bayside lyrics or imagery tattooed on them? It's weird. I have, like, I don't know how to explain it other than, like, I almost feel like a disconnect from that. Like, when I do see the lyrics, I think it's awesome. I recognize it's super cool that, like, you did that in honor of something that I did, but I have a really hard time putting myself up on a place where I'm sure. like, that is in tribute to me. I just think like, oh, that's cool. You you like the same thing that I like. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's a disconnect. I think it's probably like coming from punk rock or like DIY scenes or whatever it is. You get that. Like I have indecision lyrics tattooed on my wrist. And mm -hmm. it's like, I'm one of now so many who have, for those I love, I will sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And it's like talking to the guys from that band. They're like, that's cool. It's great. Right. We love you too. <laughs> like a bird, especially a bird tattoo or something, you know, like, oh, look, yeah, I got one too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably because it's more representative of like a, a whole thing as opposed to an action figure, which is sort of very much like an iconic, like, this is me. This is a picture of me. Even if it is like a character that they're playing or something, it's like, no, this is a visual representation of me myself, as opposed to like something like lyrics or something like a, a logo or an image or something that you're associated with where that kind of represents more of like the entirety of this whole the music of the emotions that are behind it and everything so well do the wrestlers ever say that that like like i don't really see that figure as me no they freak out they're oh, really? all like the biggest <laughs> nerds and like there's most of them are like oh i have every single figure of me and it blows my mind every time which i'm glad it still blows their mind that yeah. wrestler going home and knowing that like some kids are at home playing with that maybe that kid's toys going on a date with like a Barbie or something like that. <laughs> something like real weird. Yeah. I mean, I think the part of the disconnect also is that like, I don't define myself as the singer of Bayside. So like if, they, if somebody had a portrait of me 
mowing the lawn or making lucky charms <laughs> for my daughter in the morning with one eye open then i'd be like that's me you know what i mean <laughs> but like when i think of like as far as like the guy from bayside like that's i don't that's not how i identify that's not, that's not me now I, we need to make a model of you mowing the lawn that's right really yeah yeah but i could see like a photo of me on stage with the lighting and it could be blown up and it could be this whole thing and i'd be like oh yeah i'm right you know that's that's me at work you know what i mean <laughs> sure all right, so Anthony, I want to talk about the the MCU a little bit, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. You recently dug into the first eighteen movies. Did you end up getting to see uh, Marvel Studios Infinity War? And we were just at Marvel um, less than a year ago. We were here, and um, we got the big tour, and we did a podcast with Marvel, and we did all this cool stuff. And I had never seen a Marvel movie before. I didn't know anything about Marvel. I recognized the characters just from like pop culture you know but i didn't know anything about marvel and we did this interview and jack had seen most of the movies and nick had seen most of the movies so they were kind of chiming in and had, had things to say about it and i just had nothing to add and now you know I, I had nothing to add i was like this is a pretty cool experience i was like if, i bet for some people would be really excited about this experience you know and we had a, a about a five or six week tour in the spring and my girlfriend loves all the movies and she was like, how have you never seen any of them? I was like, I don't know. It's not that I'm not interested. I just never did. So I watched in five weeks. I watched every single one. I was 19 at the time, I think, in five weeks on, on the tour, e either uh, all in my bunk. I laid in my bunk for five or six weeks and I watched like 19 movies. <laughs> and then I got home and then I got home from tour and, uh, and my girlfriend and I went to, we got to go see uh, Infinity War together. Nice. Mm -hmm. Did you come out of each movie and be like, Jack? Have you seen <laughs> Captain America? Do you yeah. understand what that's about? Right. Like yeah. I, those moments must have been fun. Did you have conversations about the movies afterwards? Oh yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Um, and it was cool. I feel like I got to experience it in a in a really interesting way because you binge watch shows. You know, you don't really binge watch movies. Nobody really binge watches movies. So I feel like I got to watch all those movies and see all the correlations between them all and all the throwbacks to each other and the character development. I got to watch it all like crammed together as opposed to seeing it over the course of 10 years. That's pretty neat. It was awesome. Yeah. So we, I called our publicist. We were planning this press trip with the new record coming out. I was like, we have to go back to Marvel. And they were like, well, you were just there like less than a year ago. I was like, yeah, but it's different now. Like I have to go back. To, I have to go back. Yeah. So some, some favorite, Civil War, obviously. Civil War is a favorite. Uh, Ragnarok. Jack, what about you? What are your favorites? Right now, actually, Ragnarok is one of the ones that I'd seen recently that I really liked a lot. Specifically for that, for that reason, I loved a lot of the, uh, I loved a lot of the new characters coming out and being like borderline slapsticky. I really liked Ant Man and the Wasp that I saw yeah, recently. Yeah, those too. were great. Do you? You weren't a big comic book guy growing up, were you? No, no. Which I, I find great because that's how we see so many fans come into our universe. Whether it's you know you watch the movies, then people find the toys, they find the games, they find the comics, they find whatever. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. As someone who has been reading comics since I was like six years old. Right. Like, I have welcomed everyone into the fold. Yeah. Um, uh, like Jack, I have some comics laying around also that uh, that will be my daughter's when, when she can read. But she's getting really into the, all the superheroes. Though. She, le she loves, she watches all the TV shows. She likes the cartoons. She likes to just kind of look at them. She likes the toys. I think that, that that'll probably be in her future. Nice. Now, you guys are going on tour, big tour, that's right after Thanksgiving mm -hmm. through, like, into February? Yeah, it's like, it basically runs from the end of November and through February, but there's breaks, obviously, for uh, Thanksgiving. We're going to be home for the holidays as well and then kind of back out. But 
it's exciting. It'll be a different type of a tour than we've ever done. There's going to be additional instrumentation. We have our crew is are all musicians also, so we're going to actually bring them into the front. They can play. We have Kaylee. She performs as Golds. She's going to be opening the show for us and also performing with us, playing keyboards, singing some extra instrumentation as well. So I think what you were talking about it being reimagined, it's interesting. I feel like it's almost like Bayside is what it is, but it's almost like when we were doing the songs, we were almost covering them as a different band. So it's going to be nice to kind of provide fans who have seen this a million times a different experience and have something completely unique. Yeah. What are the best and worst things of touring? You know, we on, on the show, we talk to all kinds of people. We talk to sports people. We talk to comic creators, but don't often get to talk to people who do two and a half months away from their families on the road. What are the best and worst things about it? Being away from everybody is clearly the worst part. As we've gotten older over the years, we've we've tailored the way that we tour a little bit. Uh, we used to just go out when we were younger and we had no responsibility and nobody depending on us. We would, no family. Yeah, no we, we would just go out three months at a time, one tour right into the next and come home for two weeks, go out for another couple of months. And, you know, we started touring less and less over the years and now we're starting to do tours like in legs even. So like this acoustic tour, for instance, we're not even going to go out and do a full U.S. tour. We're going to go out for just three weeks and then come home for about a month, hang out with the families again, and then go out for like another three weeks. So we're trying to fix that, the being away, being the worst part thing. The best part, I mean, is for me, is still playing music. I still get a kick out of it, you yeah. know, and no matter what <laughs> happens throughout the day. Yesterday, we were running around all day. We were up at four o'clock in the morning. We had a flight. To interviews, all you know, all these things to do all day. And then last night we played an in-store in Long Island and it sort of struck me. I was exhausted. We had been up for like who knows how long for, at forever. that point. Had the longest day and it sort of struck me while we were on stage and there was a bunch of people in the room. I was like, oh yeah, this is like I forgot all about everything, you know, the whole day. That's nice. Where was the event on Long Island? At Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes. out in that, West Babylon. That store has got to have been open for like, 30 years. It yeah, feels like it, it for, I think so. forever. We've done uh, an in-store there for every record. We did uh, when our first record came out, they had us there and there was like eight people at the event. Nobody knew who we were yet and they were still supporting the band back then and we still go back and do them do them for every record now. Yeah. No, that's great. It's nice to see a small independent record store still operating and still Heck functioning. Yeah. yeah. Cuz yeah. it's a good store. Yeah. yeah. They just they do it right. I grew up in um, College Point, Queens, and then Floral Park on Long Island, which is like right on the border of Queens and Long Island, mm -hmm. and went to a lot of shows and stuff like that. And so I, I had two record stores that I loved growing up. One was called Halo Zero, and I remember seeing bands play there, and it was probably the size of this space. It was great. It was like <laughs> I was like 13 or something, and I remember I was like, this blows my mind. And then another one called Slip Disc that was yeah, in, that. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. in, in Valley Stream. It's just the, when you find those record stores that, keep it going unfortunately they, they didn't but like, right. those were really important to me yeah looney i mean looney tunes has done a good job and then there's there's like vintage vinyl in new jersey newberry comics in new england which has become like a much that's a totally yeah, different like thing a much bigger thing originally. now yeah. yeah but those they were just creative and they they figured out cool ways to get people in the store they didn't bank you know a lot of those old the old school thinking in the retail music industry was just like, well, we have the new NSYNC record, so people are going to come, you know what I mean? And we'll charge whatever we want for it. Charge $20 for it, $25, and people are going to buy it. And that worked up and then until it didn't, yeah. you know? Uh, I, I was looking at uh, your guys' like show, and I wanted to go back because I'm, I know I'd seen you guys 
years and years ago. There were shows at SUNY Purchase when I was there, which I might have seen you guys at. Did oh, you go to school at Purchase? I went to, yeah, really? I went to Purchase. Yeah, graduated in 2002. Me and you have been very physically close to each other <laughs> right? it, like, like it, throughout was, our lives. As I was thinking no, about this interview, it it's, seems it's like. crazy. One of my best friends who works here, we're both from Long Island, went to shows, Long Island PWAC and, and all this other stuff. And 2007 on Twitter, I posted lyrics to Silent Majority. And then he writes back, this guy who I knew because he was in comics, he goes, how do you know those, that band? And I was like, oh, because I love them. I'm from you know Long Island, whatever. And he goes, yeah, me too, blah, blah, blah. And we, we find out that in 1997, there's video of Silent Majority's record release show at this place in Bayshore. The video is him right here and me right here, like three people between us. Wow. Uh, it's just those weird things, especially coming out of music or coming in comics, you find connections to people yeah in such well, wonderful ways you said you you were from college point so my mother when she moved to this country she the first place she lived was college point and my grandparents lived there so i spent a lot of my childhood in college point and then i actually grew up in glen oaks which is right now you said you're from floral park yeah so right next door to it's floral park yeah. and then um my best friend went to purchase like when we were first starting when we all turned 18 i i a bunch of my friends went to college and i started bayside instead so they that was my college experience was a bunch of my friends were at Purchase. So I used to go up there all the time to hang out. That yeah. was my college experience because yeah. I didn't get one. And there were good shows there. I remember seeing Wesley Willis on Easter Sunday one year, which was dope. <laughs> he was great. Um, yeah, I remember throwing a friend into a wall at a Converge show at Purchase. And then we would be like, oh, that wall does not look good now. Uh, but yeah, it was all, all fun. Before we wrap up, I wanted to play a, a little game with you guys. We have a bunch of bands in the Marvel multiverse. And, you know, if you all were building a, a tour and you wanted to take a Marvel group with you, which of these would you prefer to go on the road with? And I'll give you the options. First, we have the Mary Janes, and their their sound is kind of like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs indie rock. And you've got Mary Jane Watson; she's on vocals and bass, and Gwen Stacy is on drums. Okay, so that, that's your first option. Second is the Spider Slayers, and that is a punk band in, in a dystopian Earth, and uh, it is fronted by that realm's Spider Man, who is called Spider Punk. He's got like spikes on his <laughs> on his thing. He's got his jacket. He's got buttons. He's great. Uh, we have Dazzler, who she was a disco queen, literally created to capitalize on disco five years after disco was dead. But I love Dazzler. She was a disco queen turned into uh, sort of a pop star. And she's sort of we've continually evolved her. So it's been interesting to watch her through the decades. But also in another universe, she's just uh, like a punk front woman in another band. And finally, we have Lila Cheney, who is kind of a Joan Jett. Front woman, uh, she has mutant teleportation powers, and she, with her powers, she actually plays around the universe. She's like this interstellar rock star. Okay, I'll, that one. I'm more, yeah. yeah, that can, one. We, yeah that's, can we travel yeah. with her? Is that possible? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's the tour, awesome. right? Yeah, does she yeah. have tandem interstellar? Uh, can we move with her? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, 100%. She, there we the go. The best part is she'll like wrap up the show, be like, thank you. Takes the whole band and goes to the next. Uh, as long as we can, can she drop us off at her. home too? That'd be really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, she's, she's got her own business to go on, but you go out with Lila Cheney. Yeah. I like it. It's very good. That might be selfish. I mean, we not. I mean, based solely on <laughs> self interest. Uh, yeah, in that based one, yeah. solely on we'd get a, more sleep probably <laughs> if that if that's who we were on tour with. Awesome. Well, thank you all for coming in. I'm glad we got to talk Marvel. We got to talk music. I got to geek out about you know 
old shows and fun stuff like that. Made me real happy. Thanks. Thank you to Anthony and Jack for coming in here. Y'all need to pick up Bayside's new record, Acoustic, Volume 2, out right now. I'm Ryan, and this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>